0: From the capital city, I'm Jazz Garrett. At about 5.11 p.m. on April 26th, multiple 911 calls were received reporting a collision near the intersection of Egan Drive and Mendenhall Loop Road. The Juneau Police Department released an update to their original statement Thursday afternoon. Public Information Officer Aaron Colera has the details.
1: The preliminary investigation reveals the white Ford truck was driving outbound on Egan Drive in the merge lane to turn right onto Mendenhall Loop Road. The truck did not turn, continued straight. Driving over the median island and crossed onto Mendenhall Loop Road at the intersection. The blue Toyota received a green light while in the Egan inbound turn lane and was completing a left turn through the intersection onto Mendenhall Loop Road. The truck struck the Toyota, then struck the intersection's northern traffic signal pole, smashing the front end of the truck. The truck landed on the driver's side of the truck. The truck had three occupants. The deceased female has been identified as a 27-year-old Juno resident. Her next of kin was notified this afternoon. A 55-year-old male Juno resident was medevaced out of town in critical condition. A 33-year-old male resident was treated at BRH and released early this morning. Both vehicles sustained extensive damage, were totaled, and impounded. The roadway was opened at around 10.15 p.m. last night. Please call JPD Dispatch. If you witness the incident, so an investigator may contact you.
0: The number to provide more information is 586-0600. Shortly after this update was released, JPD received an update that the 15-year-old boy was released from Bartlett Regional Hospital and is home with his family. Senate Republicans yesterday blocked a Democratic measure to revive the Equal Rights Amendment dealing yet another blow to supporters who have pushed for more than five decades to amend the Constitution to prohibit discrimination based on sex. Democrats failed to win the necessary 60 votes to move forward with the resolution, which would have removed a 1982 deadline for state ratification and reopened the process to amend the Constitution. The 51 to 47 vote included support from two Republicans, Maine Senator Susan Collins and Alaska Senator Lisa Murkowski, while short of the 10 GOP votes needed. Yesterday, Murkowski spoke on the
2: U.S. Senate floor. It's pretty simple. Equality of rights under the law shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. It is as simple as that. That's it. That's the full substance of the Equal Rights Amendment. She expresses her
0: disappointment over the failed resolution to remove the deadline to ratify the ERA
2: fact of the matter is, the vast majority of Americans support the ERA. 73% according to one poll from 2020, 78% according to another, and 85% according to a poll from last year, including 93% of Democrats, 93% of Independents, and 79% of Republicans. At least half of the states have constitutions, like Alaska, that guarantee equal rights based on sex in some way. So I am proud, again, that our state stepped up in 1972, and a few months later, by an overwhelming vote, amended our Constitution to prohibit sex discrimination.
0: Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer put the resolution up for a vote this week, even as it was unlikely to pass. He said it was especially timely in the wake of the Supreme Court's decision last year to overturn Roe v. Wade and the constitutional right to an abortion. To quote Schumer, women in America have far fewer rights today than they did even a year ago, end quote. After the vote, Schumer said the Senate is not giving up and would keep trying to pass the measure. A Haines man was sentenced yesterday to two years in prison and five years of supervised release for drug conspiracy, according to court documents. Frederick Daniel Filetti, 63 years old Haines resident, pleaded guilty to drug conspiracy involving the transportation of 79.67 grams of actual methamphetamine from Washington state to Haines, Alaska. Filetti facilitated and arranged the travel of a drug courier located in Washington to acquire methamphetamine to deliver it to Filetti and Haines. Coming up next on News of the North... Two military helicopters have crashed in Alaska returning from a training flight. A revised bill would require Alaska parents to approve students' classes, textbooks, and lessons. Governor Mike Dunleavy and members of the Alaska Legislature held a press conference yesterday to discuss the need for a long-term fiscal plan. Coming up next with Jordan Lewis.
3: Welcome back to News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis. Two military helicopters have crashed in Alaska, returning from a training flight, the second accident involving U.S. Army helicopters in the state this year. AP correspondent Jennifer King has the details.
2: The U.S. Army says two helicopters collided and crashed in Alaska on Thursday. Two AH AH-64 Apache helicopters based at Fort Wainwright near Fairbanks, Alaska, collided and crashed Thursday on their way back from a training flight. According to a statement from the U.S. Army, two soldiers died at the scene. A third died on the way to a Fairbanks hospital, and a fourth soldier is being treated for injuries. The crash happened near Healy, Alaska, a small town about 10 miles north of Denali National Park, a popular base for tourists that was made famous by the book Into the Wild. The Apaches were from the 1st Attack Battalion, 25th Aviation Regiment. In a statement, Major General Brian Eifler with the 11th Airborne says it's an incredible loss for these soldiers' families, their fellow soldiers, and for the division. I'm Jennifer King.
3: Parents of Alaska public school students will be required to okay every lesson taught by their child's teacher under newly revised legislation approved Wednesday by the House Education Committee. Without permission, the student would be held out of field trips, extracurricular activities, and even basic lessons on algebra, biology, and history. The revised bill would also require school districts to make single-person restrooms available to students. A prior version proposed by Governor Mike Dunleavy would have prohibited transgender students from using their preferred bathroom if it didn't match their, quote, biological sex. The idea was removed by the committee after hours of public testimony that saw a majority of speakers oppose the idea. Under the new version, no one would be required to use a particular restroom. An additional provision in the rewritten bill requires parents to give school districts a list of all the names and pronouns that can be used to refer to a student. This would prevent a transgender student from using a different name without their parents' knowledge and permission. The bill is not yet final and it awaits further committee hearings and has yet to pass either the House or Senate. The new language advanced on a 4-3 to vote after committee members amended House Bill 105, which originally stated that parents would have to opt into sex education classes. The governor's office labeled the measure a parental rights bill, and its details resembled those debated in majority Republican states across the country. Governor Mike Dunleavy and members of the Alaska Legislature held a press conference yesterday to discuss the need for a long-term fiscal plan. House Speaker Representative Kathy Tilden says they are looking for long-term solutions, not just ones that will help out within the next year.
2: Many of the challenges that our legislature has and our state has would be improved by some long-term stabilization of the way we do business and encouragement of economic growth bringing more jobs to Alaskans and allowing the legislature to focus on the items that are important to all of our families. So while there's been a lot of media interest, I know, on certain pieces of this plan, the real picture here is that all everything that we do in a fiscal plan needs to run together and that it needs to be something that the entire legislature can agree upon.
3: Governor
4: Dunleavy also says it's a team effort. I think we're all very positive about working together to try and solve this solution because this has got to be an Alaskan solution. It, it just can't be one caucus or one body or the governor, etc. We all know that.
3: The general consensus is they are working hard at the end of the session to tie it all together, and they acknowledge they have to take action. Governor Dunleavy says they, they understand they are going to have to come up with a fiscal plan that's sustainable so they don't have to pass it on to the next
4: generation. Other states have dealt with this decades and decades and decades and decades ago. Alaska has been fortunate enough that we've had a uh, oil giant on the North Slope for some time that we will always, thank God, to uh, folks decades ago that formed the Permanent Fund, that we will always benefit from this. But once we had an era which the price and production of oil was something that didn't necessitate these discussions as much as they are today. However, those folks years ago, even with the 69, 1969 uh, lease sale of uh, several hundred million dollars, realized that there could be instability if we spend the money and we don't plan for the future. So we're at a point now, it's fallen on our watch. It started several years ago. That's why the uh, working group was put together. And uh, I think what you've got here today is a number of legislators that are determined to get a solution
3: He says it's time to explore other commodities to rely on other than oil. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. I'm Jordan Lewis for News of the North.